What's up, family? Thank you so much for taking the time to join me here again today. Uh, today being a fantastic day, uh, a day that I don't think is celebrated nearly enough. Uh, but that's my personal opinion, of course, because, well, I am a father and it is Father's Day. Uh, so happy Father's Day to all the fellow dads out there. Uh, I hope your kids are taking great care of you and you're having a fantastic day. Uh, so uh, I want to take a quick second to also remind you that uh, I'm not sure what platform you're watching this on, uh, but uh, if you are looking for other content of ours, uh, you can find us on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, if you like podcasts, you can always feel free to download a, uh, the podcast on any streaming device uh, or platform that you may be using. So I hope you enjoyed today. If you're looking for more content that's the same as this uh, go to any one of those platforms and check out what else uh, God has uh, laid on our hearts to offer you today all right so uh, today we are in uh, number six uh, of the series of Daniel so we're into chapter six of Daniel and we've uh, seen some amazing things that has gone on in Daniel's life so far and this is gonna be the last of the series for now uh, after this, it goes into a bit of the prophetic word that uh, God placed on Daniel's heart and less so much the story of Daniel's life. Um, but I'm, I feel honored to be able to speak to you about this one uh, because it is, I feel like almost like a, a culmination of Daniel's life. And there's so much that we can learn from his life. And uh, today I want to focus on consistency because uh, consistency matters. Right. So if we look at Daniel's life, there's one thing that is straight all the way through is Daniel's consistent in his faith. Uh, if, you, if you look at the, the ups and downs, the turmoils and the uh, achievements in Daniel, one thing that we, we notice in, in Daniel is he was consistent in his faith. And no, no matter what was going on around him, he always was the same and he always uh, was leaning on God. Now, as I, as I said before, uh, when I was speaking, um, the Bible is all about the character of God. When we look at the stories that we, that we go through, it's all about the character of God. And uh, one of the things that I think we as Christians forget or we don't appreciate enough is the consistency of God that God is never changing. Uh, if we look at, I mean, it, it says this in the Word. Right? If we look at uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it says, I, am, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, uh, are not destroyed. It says that God is unchanging. He's unwavering. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is consistent in what he does. And that's the, the great thing that, that we can look at, at the word of God and say, God did this in the past and he, he's unchanging. So he's consistent in what he does. So this is what I can expect from him. And we see that in Daniel's life. Daniel was the same thing. Daniel led a life of consistency. The, the uh, amazing things that happened in his life would not have happened if he was not consistent in his faith. 
that he was always guaranteed that uh, he, he would not change. Right from the beginning of, of Daniel, when him and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were asked to eat the food, they said, no, 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 we are consistent. This is what we are sticking with. Just because the circumstances around us uh, are dictating us to change, they, they stayed true, they stayed consistent in their faith and were rewarded for it. And we see that on and on and on through chapters one, two, three, four, five, and now especially here in chapter six, where uh, we, we see the consistency of Daniel's faith. All right, so let's, so let's get into it. So last week we heard about Balthazar and then at the end of chapter five, Balthazar is killed. He's assassinated. So now uh, King Darius has, has now taken over. Now at the end of it, we all saw where Daniel was promoted and Darius, he actually honored that. So uh, King, King Darius decided, listen, uh, this is too much for me. I'm gonna set a whole bunch of uh, people up to rule underneath me. So he, he set up a whole bunch of satraps and uh, leaders. And then uh, out of all those leaders, he saw that Daniel, Daniel was something special. Daniel was something different. He had something about him. He was a hard worker and he was, and, and King Darius saw that in him. Why? Because he was consistent, not just in his faith, but in his work. It says that Daniel excelled in what he did. And we, and we know that God was using the consistency of him to promote him. Uh, in uh, Daniel 6, uh, verse 3 to 5, it says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of the government affairs but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it is something to do with the laws of his God. So now, because of Daniel's consistency, his consistency brought something for him. Uh, his, his consistency uh, changed something in his life. So consistency brings certain things in our lives. So because Daniel was so consistent in, not just in his faith, but in his work that he excelled, that it brought opportunity. Because of his consistency, because he was that steadfast rock of a man, that what he said, he did. And that if you, if you were looking to get a job done, you could guarantee that Daniel was going to be one to do it because uh, he always followed through and he excelled in that. So that consistency brought opportunity for him. Now, now, now we see that, that he excelled in this and, and the Bible actually tells us about this. Uh, in Joshua 1.8, it said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be, um, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So Daniel did exactly. He, he kept the word of God in his heart and he prayed and he talked to God. And that being so, 
he was successful in what he did. Now, unfortunately, that consistency ended up also working against him. Now, what the world would see working against him, because the people who were against him, the satraps and the other leaders who were jealous of him, they knew that he didn't do anything wrong, that they couldn't find any wrong in him. Sound familiar? Right? But they could, they could find no wrong in him. So they knew that the only way to get him was through his faith. Because they knew that, well, when it comes to governmental matters, Daniel's untouchable. But when his faith, he's just as consistent in his faith. And they figured this is something that we can do. So what did they do? They went and talked to King, King Darius. And they said, listen, we think you're awesome, King Darius. And this is what we want to do. We want to make, set it up so that for one month, everybody has to pray to you and you alone. And King Darius, not thinking anything else, he's not thinking anyone's trying to trap him or anything. He's like, wow, that sounds good. His ego was just like, boop, through the roof. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm definitely the guy that you should do. He goes, yeah, this is a good idea. And they're like, yes, King Darius, you should definitely set up this law. So they had King Darius set up a law saying that for 30 days, no one could pray to any, anyone else, no other God, no nothing, except King Darius. So Daniel heard about this. And what is the first thing he did? It says in Daniel 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he'd done before. Now, when Daniel heard this, he did what he did every time. He did what he did every day. It didn't change anything in his life. But when there was a problem in Daniel's life, what did he do? He went home and he did what he always did. He prayed, he talked to God, whether he was supposed to or not. Consistency brings comfort. When there's problems and the world is swirling all around you and nothing seems to make sense, what did Daniel do? He went to his to to his safe zone, to the place where he knew that he, he had gone in the past and he knew that he, if he went to that same place again, that God would take care of him. And he went on his knees and he talked to God because that is what he knew to do. It's not like this one time where things blew up in his life. So what did he decide to do? He decided to go talk to God. No, he said, this is what I always do. And I know that when I bow down before God, he will take care of it. He comforted him. So when things are going all wrong around you, when it seems like the world's going against you, God's not asking you to change anything. He's saying, listen, if you continue doing what I ask you to do, if you come, like we read before in Joshua, and put my words in your heart and bow down before me and ask me and come to me, I will bring you comfort. I will bring you rest. And that's exactly what Daniel did. He went to God and he found comfort. So what does this mean for Daniel now? So now Daniel's gone to uh, his knees and everything's going to be okay. Nothing bad is going to happen to Daniel. No. God's going to bring you comfort in your heart and your soul. But that doesn't mean that the world around you isn't still just going to go into absolute turmoil. 
But in the midst of that turmoil, in the midst of all that uh, raging fury of this world around us, God is saying, if you come to me continually, I will bring you peace. I will bring you rest. And that's what Daniel did. He found rest and peace in God. All right, let's move on. So now Daniel's come to his knees and he's prayed. And then because the satraps knew that, hey, if there's one thing we know is Daniel's going to pray. Daniel's going to go to his religion. Daniel's going to go to his God and say, God, I need you. So they were expecting this to happen. So then the satraps, they go to King Darius and go, ha ha, King Darius. Remember that rule that we told you to make up? That for 30 days, we will, everyone in the land will only pray to you. And King Darius is like, yeah, that was, a, that was a good rule. Yeah, thanks for doing that. All right. Like, ah, but someone isn't praying to you. Someone's praying to another God, and it's Daniel. Now, the reaction we see from King Darius here is that King Darius loved Daniel. He thought he was a great guy. Like we, we read at the beginning of this uh, chapter, he was looking to promote him above everybody else. He was going to be his, his second in command. So King Darius is upset, and he's like, no, this isn't what I was, as, as, this isn't what I was expecting. This isn't what I wanted. But he had no choice at this point. It was, it was set in law. So he brought Daniel to him and said, Daniel, is this true? Did you, did you pray to, to your God? And Daniel's like, yeah, man, this is what I do. I will always pray to my God. So then King Darius had no other choice. It says that, so King, uh, the king gave the, and sorry, in Daniel uh, six, uh, verse 16, it says, so the king gave the order and brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And then uh, we, we look down uh, a few verses later in 19 and 20, it says, and after the light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called out to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? So because Daniel had the consistency of his faith, that even the king knew that this is your God whom you serve continually. Even the king, not thinking when he made this order, knew that Daniel wouldn't stop serving his God. Because it was known throughout the land that Daniel was a man of God, the one true and only God. The king even says it here. And the king is expecting, he said, the God that you serve continually has he saved you? So this king, not knowing God personally, but knowing what God has done in Daniel's life through the consistency of his faith throughout the years was expecting the most high living God to rescue him. It even says in the, in the verse between that, that the king didn't sleep that night. He didn't have any, normally every night the king would have a party. He didn't have any magicians or entertainment he just went and paced and worried all night about Daniel because he loved Daniel 
But one thing that the Daniels consistency brought was an expectation. Not only an expectation from Daniel for God to save him, but an expectation from others because others had seen what God had done in Daniel's life and they expected God to do something. Because of the consistency of Daniel's faith and uh, his life, the people around him expected God to do something great in Daniel's life. So when, when we live a life that is consistent to God and we focus our hearts and minds not just one time, not just in that Sunday service where it feels good and you get the God bumps and you get the goosebumps all around you. It's like, oh, God is good. But when the people around us see consistently that we're on our knees, that the things that we speak, the things that we say, the things that we listen to and watch is something godly, then the people around us expect something different and when they see the miracles that God does in our lives they don't just expect God to do something great once they see it continually and they expect God to do something continually in our lives and we should expect God to do something continually in our lives when we live a life poured out before God not just today but every day when we get up and we read our word and we pray continually we can expect that God is going to work and do something amazing in our hearts and our minds. So as we know in the story, Daniel hops out and goes, God sent an angel and he shut the mouths of, of the lions. Because when Daniel hopped in there, he expected God to do something. Now, he, he, he knew that if God had chosen to let the lions eat him, that God had a plan and a purpose and he expected God to do something through that. But even the king was expecting God to do something great. He had expectations that he was gonna, uh, that God was going to save Daniel's life. And looking through the years, it was pretty reasonable expectations too at this point. But God is asking us as his church to live a life of consistency, that we're not just in church on Sundays, praising God and singing and dancing be, before God and worshiping Him, but when we go home and we wake up in the morning, the first thing that, that we do is that we turn to God and we turn to our families. And that when, when we're at home, we're living that life of consistency of the word. That we're not cursing and swearing and doing things that we know that God really doesn't want us to do. But then on Sundays, it's a different story. Now, I want to take this and turn this on and go, okay, what does it have to do with our lives today? Well, today being Father's Day, I find this to be a very poignant uh, topic. Because... With parenting, consistency matters. Matters more than I think a lot of us really know. Uh, so for us personally, as you know, we have a lot of kids and we foster parent and we've had a lot of kids come through our house. And there's one thing that I've learned, especially with, with little kids, is that consistency and structure are one of, is one of the most important things that our children need, that we as parents, we as fathers need to give our, our children structure and consistency and they need to know what is gonna happen in their lives and they need to feel that comfort 
They need to have the expectation that my parents, that my dad will be there and that I know what my, that my father will always be there because he consistently has been there throughout the years. Now, as we've, we've parented a bunch of these, these little kids, they, they come into our home. And it's funny, especially with uh, uh, babies who are just beginning to walk, um, all the way up to like, like toddlers, that when they first come into our home, uh, we have, because uh, we have so many kids, we have a, a structure in the morning, right? Uh, we get up, the kids get up, they go wash, brush their teeth, you know, they get ready for, for school, and then they're at the table, ready for breakfast. And every time we get a, a, a new little kid, they, they, they come in and the first couple days they're disorientated they get up they cry a little bit they're not sure what's happening but within the second week even sometimes the first week you see that the structure is a comfort to them they get up and uh, the little ones they wait to get their diaper changed they'll come they'll take their diaper they'll put their diaper in the garbage and then they walk straight over to their chair and they're ready to eat and it's a comfort to them to know that there's this system, there's this structure. And this isn't just a biblical thing. You can talk to any psychologist, um, any child pro professional. They're all going to tell you that children crave structure. They crave consistency. And we as parents, God has created us for this. I mean, we call God the Father because He is a consistent parent. We can always guarantee that God will be there and we know what his expectations of us. And we know that when we do things that there's consequences for them because of the way he created the world, whether it be positive or negative, but they're always consistent. It's always unchanging. And we as parents, we as fathers, we need to be there in our kids' lives. They crave this, they, they need us in their lives. They need us to be consistent. That when we say that we're going to be home for dinner, that unless it's extreme circumstances, we're going to be home. That when we say we're going to be there for our children, that there's not something else that becomes more important. That when, our, when we say something to our kids, that they know what's going to happen because that's consistently happened throughout the years. It's not just a one-time thing where the parent shows up and I'm going to give you presents, I'm going to give you all this. But then next thing you know that they're gone and they're not there for, the, for your child anymore. But that day in, day out, you may not be the flashy, flamboyant, wow, the coolest dad in the world. But the fact that you're there day in, day out, that's love. That no matter what happens to your child, they know that you will be there and that you will be there to comfort them. And they can expect you to be there for them. And that there's, if there's an opportunity that's going to happen, that they know that their parent is going to be there because they've always been there in the past. So I'm asking you as fathers, be consistent. Look at Daniel's life throughout the years that, that nothing, no matter the circumstances that were put in front of him, that most people would have changed and said, mm, I think God's going to be okay if I tweak the rules a little bit this time because, well, I'm going to get thrown into a furnace or look at everyone else. The king's going to kill them if we don't get this right. But instead, no matter what, 
we are unchanging. We are a solid rock. We are a foundation for our families, that our families can look to us and say, my dad was always there. When I needed him most, he was always there. I always knew the reaction I was gonna, I was, I was gonna have. Dads, be consistent for your children. If you don't have a child yet, and you're young and you're a young man or older man and uh, you're, you're looking in the future uh, to become a father, as a father who's been, well, I've gotten pretty good at little kids, older kids, I'm still learning as my kids get older. It's a completely different uh, parenting style. Uh, but for someone who's parented a number of little kids, uh, I really wanna reiterate to all you dads out there, Children need you in their lives. They need you to be consistently there for them. They're not asking you to always be the flamboyant, crazy, fun dad, but to know that you're always there and that when they're hurt, you are a shoulder to cry on. And that when they do something wrong, you're going to discipline them, but you're going to discipline them in love. And they always know that you will be there to love them no matter what. Fathers, our children need us to be that solid rock in their lives. And God is calling us to be a solid rock in their lives, right alongside Jesus. So dads, on this fantastic day, I'm asking you to stand with your kids and love them day in, day out, choose God first and foremost. I ask that, they, that you let them see the consistency of your faith that they can say, I always knew that my father loved God. He loved God most, but then right under that was his family. He was always there for his family. Be that father. There's so many of you out there and I appreciate you. There's so many dads who are trying and maybe you haven't been a consistent father to this point. Today's the day. Today's the day that you can start. It's never too late to be the father that God has asked you to be. Be that father today. Start today to be consistent in your child's life that no matter what's happening, they know that you are there for them. For the ups and the downs. You will always be there for them, just like God is unchanging and will always be there for us. So I pray that God does something fantastic in your lives. Uh, happy Father's Day. I pray that God is doing amazing things and that you have a great time with your kids and uh, that you're enjoying this time of summer coming up. We've only got a week left of school and then we get to enjoy our kids constantly as, as parents. So I pray that God does something fantastic in your life. Have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time.